You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. Four months ago, out of Arkansas, there was these three Arkansas State University students. Uh, their names were Casey Sherwood and Daiki Ito and Daisuke Takage. So imagine three college students decided to go explore a cave, a cave near Cushman, Arkansas. Cushman, Arkansas is located in like north central Arkansas. This cave is called Blowing Cave. Did you see the news? Blowing Cave. Here's the entrance to Blowing Cave. It's a big entrance. It's a big cave. And so these three college students say, hey, let's just go look at a cave. And here's a selfie they took right before going into the cave. I want you to notice right now, focus on how clean their clothes are. Look at the whites. Look at the whites, the blues, the grays. You'd think that's the color of their shirts. A few minutes later, another selfie they took. Here's the new color of their shirts. Brown shirt and brown shirt and brown shirt. They're like covered in mud and cold water. And so here's the thing. Casey and Daiki and Daisuke got lost in that cave just four months ago. They, be, they began walking in darkness. I mean, imagine the moment. Can you imagine the moment of actually wandering through this cave and just realizing you have no idea how to get out? None. They were walking in darkness. They were sitting sometimes, just sitting in darkness. No idea. Is anybody coming for me? Is anybody not coming for me? Now, if you've ever been in a cave before, taking a tour of a cave, I did it as a child, I did it as a, you know, an adult. A lot of times the tour guides, they'll, they'll say, hey, everybody turn off your light sources. And they let you experience the absolute darkness of a cave. And it's different than, you know when you're in a lighted situation, the lights go out, your eyes go totally black, but then your eyes after a minute adjust. You can see some grays, you can see some shapes. Not in a cave. <laughs> in a cave, your eyes never adjust. All the light has been taken away. Imagine those guys just, you know, walking in darkness, sitting for hours, for days. See, that's actually a a picture of what happened 2,000 years ago. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about a world of people huddled together in total darkness. That was this world. That's us in our natural state, our sinful nature without Christ. And Jesus Christ came into this world on a one-man rescue mission, being the light into a place of absolute darkness, people sitting in darkness and walking in darkness. And so today's our topic. Today our topic is... People in darkness. And we're going to begin in a second in Isaiah chapter 9. And so you can turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9 if you'd like. Our ushers, if you're a guest, uh, use, raise your hand. anybody can raise your hand, get a hold of the Bible to follow along or take home as our church's gift to you. Isaiah chapter 9. I want to welcome all of our campuses. Those who are part of our Olathe campus team. You guys are being hosted in the venue right now. Welcome, guys. Uh, we're excited. In January, we're going to commission you and send you out to start a second location in Olathe. We're ex- Thank you for signing up to serve. I want to welcome those at our Overland Park campus as well. Whether you're in the auditorium 
or you're hosting our Olathe team in the venue. We need people to step up to sign up to serve because of all the fantastic people leaving, being commissioned and sent out to serve. I want to welcome those of you online as well. And I don't know if you're here in the States, if you're somewhere internationally, but God has something really special for you today. And so we're continuing our series. It's a Christmas series, and it's called Light. We've been talking about the science of light and darkness. We've been talking about what the Bible says about light and darkness. We've been talking about the invisible God. Last week was this topic that God is light. 1 John 1, 5. God is light. We saw that in the Bible. What does that mean? We studied the science around light last week. In fact, if you missed last week, I encourage you to catch up. Go online to visitgracechurch.com. Go to our app. Catch up on last week. This week's topic, if God is light, what was the state of people before Jesus came? People in darkness. So here's my question to you as we get started. Are you a person who, in your life, are you living in darkness, sitting in darkness, walking in darkness, spiritual darkness? And what does that even mean? Or are you a person who's in the light, sitting in the light, walking in the light, following the light, Jesus Christ? I'm excited about today's topic, so let's pray. God, we thank you for for the mystery and the miracle of Christmas that 2,000 years ago, you led this one-man rescue mission into the cave of darkness to rescue us huddled together in the cold in the darkness, with no hope of rescue. And the people we were huddled with couldn't help us anymore. And so I prayed you would open up your word today, help us to see spiritually what, it, what is spiritual darkness, how is it caused, what does it do to us, and help us see you are the God of light, you are the rescuer who wants to deliver us out of sin and spiritual darkness. And we lay before you our hearts, our lives, our friends and family who are still huddled together with no hope in the dark. In Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen. All right, I want to begin by starting and sharing a few Christmas verses that illustrate that Jesus was the light, this rescue mission 2,000 years ago, coming to a people, us, in our sins, huddled and walking in the darkness. We'll start in Isaiah chapter 9, one of the original Christmas verses. A little later on in Isaiah 9, 6, says that Jesus is the baby that was God, the baby God, man, that's Isaiah 9, 6. A few verses earlier describes him as the light to those in darkness. Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walked in darkness. Okay, there's people walking, bumping into each other, bumping into the walls in spiritual darkness have seen a great light. That's Christmas. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light, that's Jesus, has shined. There's a prophecy. God says a light was coming to those huddled and hopeless in the dark. Fast forward again to when John the Baptist was born. Now, John the Baptist's dad did not believe God And so he was muted, and now his mouth was opened, and he named him John, and he said this about Jesus, the coming Savior. He says in Luke chapter 1, verse 79, Jesus was the one to give light to those who sit in darkness. Isaiah, walking in darkness, here sitting in darkness, 
and the shadow of death to guide our feet, to get us up out of sitting in darkness into the way of peace. He was the rescuer with the light. He was the light saying, hey, I find you sitting in darkness. Get up and follow me. Fast forward again to when Jesus is born, eight days after the first Christmas. He's about to be circumcised as a baby boy. And this man named Simeon knew that he would see the Savior. He makes this comment about Jesus. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 2, verse 32. With baby Jesus in his arms, he says, You are a light to bring revelation or knowledge. I mean, we know that when people don't know something, they're in the dark. He's bringing the light to us, the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So Jesus came from both Jew and Gentile to bring us out of the darkness with knowledge into the light of knowledge of who he is. And then Jesus even knew this about himself. Fast forward to John chapter 8. He's talking about himself now. And he says, I am the one man rescue mission. And the way you get out of the cave of darkness is you have to follow the light. Because if you stay, you're still in the darkness. It's following Jesus gets you out of the light, out of the darkness. He says in verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, you, you can't stay here. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So even Jesus himself knew that he was the light to us, the people lost in sin, lost in spiritual darkness. I want to turn over to Romans chapter 1, verse 20, which is a verse we looked at last week, which says that God created the universe with his spiritual truth. And you can learn about God by studying science, by studying nature, biology, astronomy, chemistry. He says this in Romans 1:20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. You can see attributes of the invisible God. How can you see what's invisible? Being understood by the things that are made. Study the natural universe, reveal light that God built from the Bible into the universe. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. And so he says he built the physical universe to teach us about God. Last week we studied God is light. We studied three ways that the science of light, the discoveries of science about the nature of light, taught us about the nature of God. We studied the, you know, the speed of light, the invisibility of light, the duality of light, all picture who God is. Exactly what he says, he is light. So now we're talking about darkness. What is, what is spiritual darkness? How would you know what spiritual darkness is? It's sin nature. What does it do to you? The more we've learned about the, the science around darkness, the more we've learned about, oh, that's what sin does to people. Now, certainly, I mean, the science of darkness, there is no such thing as darkness. Darkness is really the absence of light. Just like spiritual darkness is the absence of God. That's the simplest definition. When God is not in your life, you're in the darkness. However, science has taught us there's really no place in the universe that there is no light. I mean, even when you point to black spaces in the universe, there's this resident low-grade light there called radiation. There's no place. To get light to darkness leads us to our first of three different scientific discoveries. We can learn about our sin nature by studying darkness. Here's, here's this first moment. You can write down your notes. Darkness. What is darkness really? Scientists have learned darkness is the suppression of the light. Darkness is actually the suppression of the light. We're going to go to 1814 with a man named Joseph von Fraunhofer. And I'll have my German friend 
I'm certain, correct my pronunciation. But darkness is a suppression of light. Here's a picture of light diffusing through a prism. So the way white light operates, white light goes through a prism and gets spread out into its component colors. I think we do have a picture here in just a moment. And so what you're going to find is that white light is made up of all the colors. It's made up of red light, yellow light, green light, blue light, purple light, you name it. There's actually component colors to light. And there was a man in Bavaria back in 1814 who was a lens maker. And he said, what if I could, I want to see just the red. He took this and he invented this device. It's called a spectroscope. And by that, he could isolate, separate light and isolate it and just look at the little sliver of red, the little sliver of blue. The little, it's brilliant. It's got refraction. It's got bending. It's got going through a slit. It's awesome. It's too complicated. Go look it up. And so he's looking at the little slivers, and he found something that blew him away. He's looking at firelight, and he's looking at the little slivers of orange, and it vanished. Where did the orange go? Then he put it on the sun, and he looks at each of the little slivers, and, and periodically, light would be squashed. Light would be suppressed. In fact, we have this today, this discovery is named after him called Fraunhofer lines. Fraunhofer lines. And essentially what you have here along the chemical spectrum, you can see this in a picture in a second. What you're going to see is, this is what he discovered. He discovered in his studies 570 areas, little lines of, of light that were suppressed. 570. We now know there's thousands of them by our devices. But he's like, why is this? What, what, is dar- what is darkness? It's when you suppress, you squash the light. By the way, that chart, by the way, is like a UPC code for chemicals. So when the sun has certain chemicals, your flashlight has chemicals, you can map the areas of darkness by what the chemicals are suppressing before the light gets to you. Chemicals suppress their unique band of light. But that's ex- darkness is the suppression of light. That's what your sin nature does. Realize our sin nature in us receives the beautiful, full spectrum of God's light. And what does our sin nature do? We systematically, mercilessly suppress the light of God so we find ourselves in absolute, total darkness. You see this, by the way, back in Romans chapter 1. Look at Romans 1. The same chapter we're looking at this miracle of creation teaches us God's truth. Look at two verses earlier. He talks about us in our sin nature, suppressing, squashing God's light. Romans chapter 1. He says, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God, and this part does make God angry against our sin nature, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, here it comes, who suppress the truth, truth, who squishes, absorbs the light in unrighteousness. Our sin nature receives God's light and then systematically suppresses it sin by sin by sin. Verse 19, because what may be known of God, the light from God, is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. That light comes from God for all people. Verse 20, here's our verse. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by nature, by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Here's the phrase we keep minimizing for a second. So that they are without excuse. So you've got to roll the tape someday. He'll roll the recording and show how people have actively suppressed God's light. 
because of their sin nature, creating them a world of darkness. Verse 21, because although they knew God, they received the spectrum of light from God. They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, became futile in their thoughts. Here it comes. And their foolish hearts, after receiving God's light, were darkened. See, darkness is the active suppression of the light. And if you jump down to verse 28, you're going to see sin's full specter of light suppression that we all do. As I read through this list of sins, I want you to ask yourself, I mean, one of these may pop off the page or pop off the moment, and you're like, oh, I've done that, or I've allowed that to happen. Are you allowing one or more of these sins to suppress God in your life, to suppress the light of God in your life? He says in Romans 1, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled, here comes some light suppression, some sins, filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality. Yes, sexual immorality suppresses the light of God in your life. He goes on. Wickedness covetousness. You never realize that greed, being controlled by greed, suppresses the light of God in your life? Maliciousness. Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers. Realize that gossiping suppresses the light of God in your life. Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud. Realize that arrogance, arrogance suppresses the light of God in your life. Boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death as the light suppressors, not only do the same, but we celebrate others who do it. We approve of those who practice them. Here you find the whole full spectrum of what sin nature does in us. God shines his light on us, and scientists have learned that the dark, darkness is the active suppression of light. Wow. People huddled and hopeless in darkness. So let's fast forward again to another scientific learning. What does the science of darkness teach us about our own sin nature, what it does to us? Number two, darkness is concealment. Darkness is concealment. It's concealment from the light. Yeah, we suppress light. We conceal ourselves from the light. We don't want to be exposed. We're going to go to 1944 with some German physicists. Darkness is concealment from the light. Here's an early radar system used by the U.S. Navy in World War II. And you'll notice that thing that looks like a giant flying bedspring. See the giant flying bedspring? Sailors used to call that the flying bedspring. I kid you not. That was, and that, by the way, is one of the earliest radar systems to find, because that's a light source, radar. Radar's radio detection and ranging. 
It's bouncing light off of something else to see where it's at, where it's going. Here's a German submarine in World War II. It's a problem if you're in a German submarine because you're in a big hunk of metal. It's going to bounce off you and expose you, and that is not helpful. And so here's the conning tower of a German submarine. The conning tower is the large middle part that has the periscope. Here's what the Germans decided. You see, darkness is concealment from the light. They wanted to conceal themselves from radar, from the light. And so here was the Germans' invention of a stealth technology for submarines. And that's the gridded area. They put a rubberized surface, put some chemicals in there, because they noticed that radar the Allies were using would not be bounced off of them. It would be absorbed, and they would be concealed from the light. See, darkness is concealing yourself from being exposed by the light. We're actually, the Allies were thankful their stealth technology didn't work very well, but people kept work on it. Here's our B-2 stealth bomber today. What is a B-2 stealth bomber? It has a profile, and it has materials to hide itself from the light. So when people are trying to bounce their light sources off of it, they can't see it. Darkness is not only suppressing the light, but it's hiding from the exposure of the light. And I had to cut out a whole other section here. Ah, oh, killed me. Black holes. Oh my goodness. You know the Bible talks about black holes? There's signs of black holes. So I'm like, I had to cut the whole thing out. So this Tuesday, I'm going to do an experiment. I, this Tuesday, I'm going to broadcast on Facebook Live, two, Tuesday, 2 o'clock, and give you the extra teaching I had to cut out uh, so if you want to join me on Facebook Live, 2 o'clock Tuesday, we'll do an experiment, see if it works. But darkness is concealment from the light. Okay, so what is, what is darkness? We suppress the light of God, Romans 1. But when the light comes, the light of rescue into our cave of darkness, what do we respond with? Ah, we, we're afraid of the light exposing our sins from other people and from God. You see that, by the way, in John chapter 3. John chapter 3 Sin nature invents its own stealth technology. And we like to have our sins in stealth mode, that nobody sees our sins, that God doesn't see our sins. We're afraid of it being exposed. It's the light of love, not the light of judgment, but here it comes. John 3, verse 18. The stealth mode of our own sin nature. John 3, 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. Jesus said this. He didn't say if you believe in Jesus and you're a good person. You believe in Jesus and you're baptized. You believe in Jesus, you keep the Ten Commandments. He says if you believe in him, you're not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, the light. And here it comes. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world Christmas has happened. That's what Christmas is. Light coming into the world of darkness. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They were in spiritual stealth mode. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Jesus says, because of our sin nature, which which actually suppresses God's light, in response, we live our lives in fear that people or God would find out the truth about the darkness and hate the exposure of the light. And ironically, he's the one-man rescue mission. 
He is the light to get us out of the darkness. And that light is love and rescue and healing. It's like the guy that goes to a surgeon and says, yeah, I want you to heal me. Am I going to have to be undressed for this? Can you just do the surgery without light? Wouldn't it be weird? I just need you to by feel. Because I'm kind of embarrassed with light. No! You want as much light for that surgery as possible. Light gives you the ability to heal. And Jesus brings the light because he wants to heal you. See, light is both suppression of light. It's also the avoidance of the light. That's what our sin nature... But another thing about our sin nature, we live our lives in total ignorance. A third learning. Darkness is ignorance. Darkness is ignorance. We're going to go back to 1933 with a man named Fritz Zwicky. Now, we actually use this, darkness is ignorance, uh, because we say when you don't know something, you are in the dark. Man, I'm in the dark about this. I'm just totally ignorant about this kind of thing. And so Fritz Zwicky was a Swiss astronomer. He did much of his research at Caltech. And what are astronomers? They're scientists of light. All they can look at is light. Make all the assessments. They're trying to use the light to expand our knowledge. And ironically, the more they've learned, the more they realize, we don't know a clue. We don't have a clue. We don't know what's going on. So here's a picture of planets orbiting the sun. And so let me tell you about uh, the sun has a certain mass. The sun, it weighs us the right amount. If the sun weighed more, if there was more mass, all the planets would hurtle in and be burned up by the sun. That's no good. If the sun weighed less than it does, our planets are so fast, we would spin off into outer space. That's no good. But the sun is perfectly weighted because mass creates gravity. It's the right amount of gravity created by its weight. Okay, not only do planets go around the sun because of the mass, the gravity created, galaxies rotate around each other. Fritz Zwicky in 1933 was studying the coma cluster, and here's a picture of the coma cluster. By the way, the coma cluster today we know has over a thousand galaxies. Not not just solar systems, galaxies of solar systems, over a thousand. And it's rotating around each other. And, and he's trying to use light to get learning. And he got light and learned. We are totally in the dark. So I'm going to use my hands as a great model of what he saw. Here they are. Here are galaxies. So because galaxies weigh the right amount. They w- have a mass creating gravity. They rotate around each other. All right, you got it? Here's what Fritz Wicke learned. He's like, what's, ro- what's wrong? There's not enough weight there. There's missing weight. It should weigh... You know, you, you should weigh 185 pounds, and you get on the scale. 30 pounds? Where's the missing weight? The missing, there's not enough weight there to create gravity. So he knew gravity created by mass, so he's like, he's made something up. Just made it up. He was the first person to use these words. There's matter out there I cannot see. There's mass. I it's, let's just call it uh, dark matter. And dark matter, scientists know today, is most of the universe's weight. The weight of the universe is missing. Can't see it. Don't know what it is. Can't measure it. All we can feel is the gravity. That's it. Made up. Another example. Darkness is ignorance. It's ignorance. 1998, the high Z supernova search team. Let's go to 1998. Darkness is ignorance about the light. So the supernova search team, we're searching for supernovas. A supernova is a star that blows up, gets really bright, and then goes dark. Here's one type A. It's a, it's a type 1A supernova they found. It's in the lower left-hand corner of the photo. That's a single star. Look how bright that thing is. 
And so they went searching for it back in 1998. They released their findings. They were using light to get knowledge. And they realized, we don't have a clue. So I'm going to use my hands again as a great model of the universe. There were fantastic modeling here. So there was three options scientists had before 1998 because they knew the universe is expanding. That was no question. It's expanding, which means space travel every day gets harder because every day gets farther apart, harder and harder. So here's the three options scientists debated about. Either there's enough weight in the universe, create enough gravity, it's going to slow it down and pull it back and what call what, do what they called the big crunch. Wham! Or there's just the perfect amount of weight creating gravity in the universe that it goes out and ends up perfectly stopping at stasis. Or there's not enough weight in the universe. And so creating gravity, it's going to go out forever and ever, slow down a little bit, it just goes forever and ever and ever. And what they found is option four is right. None of those are right. Nobody thought of this. Here's what they found. The supernova search team found in 1998. Not only is the universe expanding, someone or something is stepping on the gas. It's getting faster. It's expanding and faster expanding, faster expanding, faster expanding. It's getting faster. How in the world is it getting faster? I mean, it's, it's like you're going, set, it's like 50 miles an hour. You jam on the accelerator. 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, don't try this at home, 110, you're jamming on the energy. Where's this energy coming from? Overcoming gravity? I I don't know what this energy is. I'm just going to make it up. Dark energy. I'm in the dark about that energy. I don't know where it's at. NASA produced this chart of the universe recently. Here is the mass and energy of the universe. So most of the universe is in this energy We don't know what it is. We don't know where it comes from. How could it overcome gravity? 71%. Oh, and that's totally unrelated. Where's all the missing weight of the universe? Can't see it. It's in the green part, 24%. So what can we see? Around 5%. Oh, by the way, four and a half of that 5% is the gas between the, the, the galaxies. We're only like a half percent. I'm talking stars, planets, and us, one half percent. See, the more scientists have used light to learn, the more they realize we live our life only knowing a little bit about life. A little bit about the universe, a fraction. Is that not the way people without Jesus live their lives? They live their lives based on what they see. It's only a teensy bit of the universe. If they could know so much, they're in absolute ignorance about the light. That's exactly what Ephesians 4 says, Ephesians 4 says that people who have the sins which suppress God's light and then try to conceal themselves from others from the light live their lives in absolute ignorance of the joy of being in the light. Ephesians 4 verse 17 says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk you know, in the darkness as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind having their understanding darkened darkened, being alienated from the life of God, the life found when you follow Jesus in the light because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. 
Guys, the more we learn about science, the more we learn about science of darkness, we learn about our sin nature. Darkness, our sin nature suppresses the light of God. We find ourselves in total darkness. And we try to hide, conceal, we have a stealth technology to hide our sins from others. And consequently, we live our lives bumping into each other, huddled with others who can't help us anymore about the reality of the joy of, we are in ignorance. Let's go back to those three college students from Arkansas State University. I don't know if you were concerned about them, wondered what happened to them. They were rescued. And so here's Casey after his rescue. He is super stoked. He's pumped about this. Here's Daisuke and Daiki after their rescue. And here is Casey being interviewed. They were rescued because that lady standing there smiling is his wife. And before he went in the cave, he told her where they would be at. Otherwise, no one would ever have found them. Don't miss this. How'd they get out of the cave? Someone who loved them who was in the light. Notified the one who could help and went after him. This is our friends and family who are in the darkness, and God wants you to notify the one in authority to pray. Who are you praying for by name? I got got a couple dozen names of people. I am bugging God by name. God save them. God save them. God save. What am I doing? They're in the cave, huddled together in the cold, and they can't help each other. They're, They're hopeless. And I'm bugging the authority that can go into the cave to be the light and begging God they would see the light, they'd not be afraid to receive the light, and they would begin following Jesus. Jesus said, he who follows me no longer walks in darkness. Guys, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about us with no hope because of our sins. And those guys, by the way, they would have died if it weren't for someone coming after them and your friends and family. I mean, this is Christmas. There are people who will come to our Christmas Eve services if you invite them. They will. Even the most non-religious person will entertain the cultural tradition. We have very special services, both next week, next weekend, and Christmas Eve, to share the gospel with your friends. It's a partnership. I can't reach them. You do what I can't do and we can't do. And we'll partner with you in ways and creativity and light and message. Maybe, maybe you can't do. We're a team here. To get the light to people who need it. Are you walking in the darkness or in the light? Let's pray. God, I do thank you so much for you being the light who came for me. Thank you, Jesus, that even when I first started hearing the gospel, I was afraid of you. I was afraid of Christianity. I was I'm afraid of what the Bible would do to me if I become one of those weird people. Maybe I am. I mean, I'm one of those weird people now. But I have, I have joy and peace and direction that I never had when I was huddled in the darkness. God, I pray for the people on my list. You know, I bug you constantly about these people. Would you save them, get the light to them, reach them? We pray for our friends and family, our neighbors, people we go to school with, we work with. They're in the darkness. Send Jesus, send the help, the light to rescue the ones we so dearly love. I pray for those of us who have received Jesus. We are followers of Jesus, but we've gotten off the path. We've stopped following you. And we are children of light, wandering in the darkness. May we begin 
May we commit ourselves to you, Jesus, by prayer right now to begin praying and surrendering in whatever direction you set for us is our direction. We follow you. We are followers of Jesus. I pray if somebody here has never received Jesus as Savior, they can cry out right now in prayer, Dear Jesus, you're my Savior. You're my Lord. God, have people cry out to you all over the world right now to make Jesus the Lord of their life, to place their faith in the death and resurrection, to receive forgiveness of sins, to begin following the light, walking in the light. And I thank you for those who have done this before and they're going to follow this in baptism they're going to show the world i am a child of light now i am a true follower a follower of jesus because they're baptized they're showing the world they've been rescued by jesus we pray you help us to celebrate what you did to rescue them in jesus name amen thank you for listening to this week's message if you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.